0: This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Fixed Ops Digital. It's no secret, people are keeping their vehicles longer. As vehicle sales soften and profit margins continue to tighten, your dealership success will greatly depend on your ability to increase service revenue while focusing on long-term customer retention. At Fixed Ops Digital, we specialize in online marketing for service, parts, collision, and tires. Fixed Ops Digital are also the creators of Dealer Wallet, a digital conversion tool designed for dealerships to service customers with a digital-first experience. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash Fixed Ops. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash Fixed Ops. And thank you. Caterpillar's autonomous vehicles may be used by NASA to mine the moon and build a lunar base. Singapore expands test site for autonomous vehicles and autonomous mobility solutions player, Beep Inc. helps secure $20 million federal build grant to help reimagine mobility in Orlando.
1: We believe strongly that uh, the deployment of these vehicles, which can be on the roads today and are on the roads today in mixed use traffic environments, and although they're geo-fenced and, and uh, low-speed use cases, they're able to provide you know a trend, tremendously safe and uh, an incredible enhancement to the overall mobility options that these customers or riders have in these various communities. And so our company is focused around supporting those businesses from the planning phases all the way through to the deployment, uh, man, maintenance and management of those sh- those shuttle foods from autoburst
0: media this is autoconverse hey we got a good show lined up for you today oh well, i'm a gamer from Thrones nut so that's 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 my jam the robots are listening the, the robots,
1: robots are listening
0: hey everybody welcome to this episode of the autoconverse podcast where we explore people ideas and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Caterpillar's autonomous and remote-controlled mining equipment could very well find itself on the moon when NASA is scheduled to return to the lunar surface in 2024. Operator-less drilling and digging machines will mine water, oxygen-rich rocks, and moon dust for use in 3D printing of various materials. This is part of CEO Jim Umpleby's goal to grow Caterpillar's digital and autonomy businesses as a way to develop new profit streams for the company. Another news, Singapore expands test site for autonomous vehicles. All of the island's western area now has been designated a trial site for autonomous vehicles spanning more than 1,000 kilometers of public roads as the government looks to address industry calls for a more varied test environment. The industry regulator said the designated test site within which makers of autonomous vehicles could apply to run tests would extend beyond current sites such as Buena Vista, Jurong Island, and Sentosa to cover the entire western area of Singapore. This would allow for on-road testing of a wider range of road conditions and traffic scenarios. And finally, Orange County, Florida, awarded a $20 million federal build grant to reimagine mobility in the region. This is very exciting news in the Lake Nona area. And the U.S. Department of Transportation recognized Lake Nona application among exemplary public-private partnerships and significant regional mobility planning. And one sub- one company in the center of all this is Beep. Incorporated, which delivers next generation services for passenger mobility to fleet operators in planned communities and low speed environments across the public and private sectors, including transportation hubs, medical and university campuses, town centers, and more. Late last year, I had a chance to connect with Beep CEO Joe Moye on the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. Now, you just came uh, out of a kind of a big development, if you will, yesterday. Uh, Orange County, Florida, has been awarded twenty million dollars in federal build grant to reimagine mobility in the region. Uh, tell us a little bit about this and and beep Inc's uh, I guess
1: role in that. Yeah, no, I'm happy to. Very, very exciting day for all of our partners. Um, we were fortunate to team with Orange County um, University of Central Florida. Tavistock Development uh, Company, which is our key partner down in Lake Nona, the developer of that area. And we submitted an application for the BUILD grant, which is an annual uh, USDOT federal award for uh, really driving transformation across um, various mobility type solutions and improvements and in infrastructure um, enhancements across the country. And uh, Florida was uh, pleased to receive three grants, uh, one in Jacksonville, one in Miami, and then our grant in Orlando, which is going to be geared towards developing a multimodal network of alternative transportation uh, for this 18-mile community that is just outside of the Orlando Airport. And uh, in a, in a big piece of that is going to be developing dedicated infrastructure to support uh, autonomous shuttles and and vehicles in uh, really creating a network to improve services across that 18-mile campus to to approximately 20 various uh, destinations.
0: Lake Nona is Orlando, right?
1: It is. It is.
0: Okay. And so the grant... You said uh, benefits Jacksonville, Miami, and Orlando.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a, The bill grant actually was awarded to, I believe, 35 different states yesterday. Uh, Secretary Chow happened to choose Orlando as the, the launch pad for announcing all of those grants. So we received one single $20 million grant out of what was about an $800 million total award that USDOT gave around uh, the country.
0: And you say we received, but you're referring to Orange County, right?
1: Correct. Correct. We, we were part of the, uh, the Orange County team, but Orange County was um, the head of the spear, if you will, in, in driving that grant process. And then it, it is, a, if you're familiar with those grants, I mean, one of the things I really emphasize is, a, is the public-private partnership. So it's joint investment from the private partners in us and Tavistock Development a company as well as uh, obviously Orange County, UCF, and, and others in the area.
0: So d- take a moment just to maybe enlighten our audience on what Beep Inc. does, and then we can get into how th- how this grant, you know, is going to benefit the community and,
1: and Beep's role in that. I'd certainly love to do that. And uh, you did a pretty nice job introducing our, our company at the beginning. Um, but, you know, as you as you emphasized, I mean, we are a business that's focused in delivering a mobility-as-a-service offering for public and private communities. And what that is defined as is really delivering these low-speed, fixed-route, multi-passenger, autonomous electric vehicles, uh, that first-mile, last-mile deployment that you've probably heard so much about. Um, we believe strongly that uh the deployment of these vehicles, which can be on the roads today and are on the roads today in mixed-use traffic environments. And although they're geofenced and, and uh, low-speed use cases, they're able to provide you know, a trend, tremendously safe and uh, an incredible enhancement to the overall mobility options that these customers or riders have in these various communities. And so our company is focused around supporting those businesses from the planning phases all the way through to the deployment uh, ma- maintenance and management of those sh- those shuttle fleets
0: now you've used the term low speed is is that is there a defining threshold of what low speed is
1: there is those vehicles currently operate you know in the 15 mile an hour range uh, which obviously limits where you can deploy them you can't go on high-speed roads these types of autonomous vehicles, um, but, uh, but the use cases are substantial um, as far as you know the various arteries of communities like Lake Known and where we can connect you know, different residential areas and community centers and business districts. Um, we are working closely with several of the suppliers of these vehicles to uh, increase the speed. Of those over time, that obviously comes with improvements in the AV platforms and technologies and the LIDAR and other components of it. But we see those advancing kind of in the coming year in 2020 to be able to get those into that 20-mile-an-hour range and then ultimately elevate that, you know, let's say five miles, uh, you know, in 2022.
0: So, Beep, I just – I'm sharing the uh – uh, visual here from your website. This is is this is one product that beep offers. Or is it the only product that beep that beep offers?
1: Uh, it, it is uh, one of our partners today. Navia is the manufacturer of that vehicle. Um, seats about eleven passengers. Um, we today emphasize, you know, everybody to be seated, not standing. It can, uh, you know, uh, facilitate more riders, but in the uh, abundance of caution, we're having all riders seated and seat belted in the deployment of these vehicles. But yes, that is our primary product today.
0: And is there an operator in the in the vehicle?
1: We do have a safety attendant, much like any other uh, environment that you see out there in the autonomous arena today. We have a safety attendant that you know, serves as not only Uh, somebody to provide information and awareness and educate people on the platform and the technology, uh, but also to serve as a bit of an ambassador for the communities that we're, we're in. And, and that's a, you know, an arrangement that we have with the U S department of transportation who governs the deployment of these vehicles uh, in these test environments. And so we do have an attendant on each vehicle. Um, Although the vehicles operate, um, uh, on our routes, which are about one point two miles ninety seven percent autonomous mode and and the, the couple of times we come out of autonomous mode or invariably to navigate around a, a car that is parked at a bus stop or something like that
0: from automated value proposition videos to live streaming walk around videos and video emails, Flick Fusion has everything you need to provide the most comprehensive and personalized online video user experience. Technology has changed, and so should the way you communicate with your prospects and customers. At Flick Fusion, we leverage the most powerful video technologies to create the most personalized online experience. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash Flick. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash flick. I think when, pe- when we think of autonomous vehicles, I, th- I think our natural tendency is to imagine just no, no operator, no driver, which in a lot of ways is kind of a misconception. The reality is, you know, planes practically fly themselves, but you have pilots in there, right? Um, trains and, and and trams, kind of the same way. You always have an operator in there, and like you said, you need a person in there uh, to to be that ambassador, provide information, uh, that human element. The autonomous vehicle, to me, is really just about making roads safer. I mean, the biggest curveballs that that vehicles had to deal with is other human drivers.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's an excellent point. I will tell you, however, if you look at the cost of transportation today, 35% of it is labor. So there's ultimately going to be an important financial gain to be had in being able to deliver these multi-passenger type solutions um, in true autonomous mode. And, and I think as the, as the platforms advance, we're ultimately going to be able to, as part of the command center that we're developing, take over remote control of the shuttles in a situation where you might have to navigate around an obstacle. You know, I guess if I were to define what the platforms can't do today, it's that obstacle avoidance. They react three times faster than a human or incredibly safe, but they can't navigate around things kind of intuitively in their environment. So that's where you might need manual intervention. But the the extensions of the platform are coming to, to enable that, we think, in the next 18 months.
0: Is it fair or even accurate to say that as more, as autonomous safety features or autonomous driving features, uh, you know, become more prominent uh, on the roads and on the streets, that that in of itself will inherently make things safer uh, out on the roads?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You look at uh, even scenarios that we have today in our environment, um, simple scenarios where somebody may be you know, rushing through a stop sign and the shuttle perceives that and stops more immediately. A distracted driver very easily could miss that and an accident could, could occur. So we've seen scenarios in our own deployments that you know, had it been uh, two drivers, probably would have been, a in our case, a fender bender. But nonetheless, you're exactly right. The, the, as these vehicles uh, and the AI component of these vehicles and the machine learning side of it, really start to be able to perceive their environment some of the technologies that allow you to you know look around corners by kind of tying together traffic cameras through the uh, the V2X capabilities and things of that nature it absolutely is going to drive a much different level of safety and as you well know you know we lose over 35,000 people a year in this country in traffic accidents and 80% of them are a result of human error so mm-hmm absolutely the biggest driver that we have in deploying these vehicles is safety.
0: Yeah. I think that's the ultimate measuring stick. Um, You know, like you said, it's 35, 40,000 people a year are dying from traffic related incidences. Uh, If we can get that down to 30 or 25 over the next few years, that's a win. It's it's totally a win. You
1: said something
0: uh, a few minutes back, that I just wanted to get some clarification on. You said that 35% of transportation costs are are for labor. What were you referring to with that?
1: If you look at a typical deployment of um, the, uh, you know, a will say a multi-passenger bus shuttle type environment, when you look at the overall cost of operating that vehicle on a monthly basis or an annual basis, you're pretty much, you know, Thirty to thirty-five percent labor, thirty to thirty-five percent asset, thirty to thirty-five percent all the maintenance and operational side of things. So, um, obviously, that's you know not an exact science, depending on the deployment. But the you know the point in raising that is, I think, as we do get to where we can safely deploy these vehicles without an attendant, um, there's going to be a, a financial advantage to doing that. That's going to drive you know, certain industries to want to, to pursue that option. The trucking industry is probably the most obvious example of that where there aren't enough truck drivers to, to manage the demand today. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, one uh, interesting uh, kind of parallel I'll share with you. And this isn't mine. Somebody used this in a, in a meeting I was in, but if you look at kind of the use of these attendants today and compare them to when elevators first came out, there was always an elevator operator because Mm -hmm. uh, feel comfortable with and familiarize themselves with an elevator. It wasn't because people weren't capable of, you know, shutting the door and pressing the buttons themselves. And so I think it's a similar type, uh, an interesting uh, analogy to use to, you know, to really get to the point where people are comfortable, um, you know, very used to and and, uh, familiar with being able to leverage these platforms.
0: It's a good analogy. Would you say that in the engineering and the, in the tech world, the, the goal is to have fully autonomous, like level five, is that is that just always the end goal? Uh,
1: you know, I think there's different applications where I think that's absolutely the case. Um, in some scenarios where, you know, in our example, there's going to be communities that are always going to want to have, you know, that ambassador, um, on the, uh, on the shuttle service. There's other communities that'll be more driven to, to take it into true autonomous mode. Um, you know, I think the SAE level five definition, we kind of use a little poetic license on that. Since we're dealing with the low speed fixed group geofenced paths, we believe we're gonna be able to achieve a true level of autonomy, meaning no operator required on the vehicle you know, in the next 18 to 24 months. I think the the anywhere, anytime, any speed autonomous vehicles, as I like to call them, the road the, uh, vision, you know, that's 10 to 15 years away, I think, in all all reality. So, uh, you know, I think it will come in phases and in different use cases.
0: <clears throat> yeah, applications for me where I think, you know, obviously you don't need an operator. Like, I love the idea of of delivery bots, right? These are fully Mm -hmm. autonomous AI machines that can, you know, take your groceries from one. I'd rather have a robot take my groceries or food from someplace versus a human, you know, (laughs) there you go. You know, you don't know what's going to happen to it. So yeah, I think to your point depends on the application Uh, going back to beep and, and Lake Nona, uh, the Orlando area, which I, I agree is a great, almost like a Mecca Because for public transportation and and autonomous efficiency and safety, right? So how quickly, let me back up. My question was, how many beep vehicles can we expect to see in that Lake Nona area over the next five, maybe, yeah, over the next five years?
1: Yeah, over the next five years. and, And, you know, Tavistock has got other communities that they're building out around Lake Nona. But in that property alone, we're looking to deploy between 50 to 75 vehicles um, over the next two to three years. Um, so it's a you know pretty aggressive plan. That's obviously got to come with the advancements uh, in the technology. There's certain use cases we can't serve today because the roads are a little higher speed. If you get on a 35 mile an hour road, you got to be able to travel at least 25 miles an hour. To be able to, you know, get into a mixed traffic environment in a safe, safe fashion, but uh, we've got very aggressive plans for growth. They're just a tremendous partner. I mean, uh, Lake Nona has built their reputation around innovation and technology, so they are constantly pushing the envelope in what they want to do to provide, you know, innovation, innovative services and capabilities uh, to their, you know, both residents and and businesses in that area. From a cost standpoint,
0: how does a, a shuttle of that size and capacity compare cost-wise to something more conventional that's out there now?
1: Yeah, and I mean, in all transparency, you know, the return on investment from the standpoint of just displacing a gasoline-powered vehicle, as an example, um, you know, these these vehicles are very expensive. They're in the you know multi hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you're looking at two. Two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars to to purchase an outright autonomous electric ten person shuttle. Um, just to put that in perspective, um, we are obviously like Moore's law in technology. We're expecting the price of these shuttles to to dramatically improve. Most of that cost is around the autonomous platform and not the vehicle itself, as you might imagine. So, you know, one of the things we're doing is driving suppliers to you know, get much more aggressive in what we've got to do to deliver a better cost model. But it's not something you truly look at today and say, all right, well, if this is less expensive than this current shuttle I use. Um, however, they are electric. So, communities that are looking to really emphasize on the, the um, environmental impact of these vehicles. Um, they certainly, uh, you know, bring down costs in the area of maintenance and other things that people don't necessarily think about. Um, I mean, the vehicles are highly reliable. And at the end of the day, I mean, this is a safety point. You said it yourself. And so, and how you put the price tag on eliminating accidents and uh, and uh, injuries and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, I, I think the ROI in my mind, kind of from the standpoint of a typical multi-passenger vehicle today, is a couple of years out, just, you know, raw dollars to dollars, but when you look at the advantages that it brings in some of these other areas, communities are are embracing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And as that ROI, like you said, it it's, it might not be a great ROI now. Who who is that affecting the most? The, the cities typically?
1: Yeah. So um, you know, it's again as as I look at the cost of a vehicle compared to another, you you uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to to offload that cost, advertising is a great example of that vehicles mm-hmm. have a tremendous draw I mean, you look at you know the, the number of views that we've gotten on a single launch of these vehicles it's in the hundreds of millions and so it's a great asset to sell advertising and generate revenue. We're also working with um, some of the businesses in the area to have destination charges. So you might have a fee for dropping off at a restaurant or a retail operation or providing transportation services for a business. Um, so although in Lake Nona, we're not you know, uh, bearing the burden of that cost or, or sending the burden of that cost, I should say, to the residents and riders, we are finding ways to ultimately offset those costs through revenue sources such as that.
0: Okay. All these little things that you kind of have to start thinking about as you go to market, huh?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, you got to look at it as any business transaction. But I think what's exciting is to be out there on the road with these vehicles. And, and every day we're learning something. And every day we've got an opportunity to improve what's happening in the autonomous technology world. And, uh, you know, we think the worlds are ultimately going to collide. That's probably a bad bad word to use when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, but what I mean by that is these low-speed fixed route geofenced areas ultimately intersecting with the broader anywhere, anytime, any speed autonomous type deployments. Those technologies are ultimately going to benefit each other um, and uh, and advance each other. So uh, it's exciting to be out on the road and doing the things we've got to do to kind of be on the forefront of this this really important inflection point in, uh, in technology.
0: And it's probably fair to say, just on a final thought here, that as the technology improves, you'll be able to, to uh, have such vehicles in higher speed environments,
1: right? Exactly. And that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So we are certainly restricted today by some limitations. The government places on us from a safety standpoint to prove out these use cases. Some of it's a limitation on, the technology and some of it's a limitation on the environments and how complex the intersections are and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, increasing the speed, safely increasing the speed is absolutely an important goal of of ours and everybody in, in the autonomous world. Well, very
0: exciting times and, uh, and, and great news and development. So congratulations on the grant and, uh, Thanks again for taking the time to come and talk with us, John.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you having us, and uh, I'll enjoy listening to the rest of your show. Exciting
0: times not only for Beep, but all developing players in the Lake Nona area. We'll be sure to keep an eye on this and other such developments across the U.S. as they continue to spread, which they do. That's it for today. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks again for tuning in to the AutoConverse Mobility Tech and Connectivity Podcast you like what we're doing do us a favor head on up to the itunes store and leave us a review or maybe on google play you can also go over to our facebook page and leave us a review there be sure to stop by autoconverse.com to learn more about all the great stuff we have going on in our next episode we have the 2019 season ending year-end special alumni edition slated for release it is sure to be an epic episode have a great day everyone and thanks again for tuning in